Retired Jones Day partner Joe Sims, an Arizona state alumnus and nationally renowned antitrust lawyer, has recently established the Sims Chair in Competition Law and Regulation at the university's Sandra Day O'Connor College of Law. David Gelfand, one of the country's leading antitrust lawyers, will join ASU Law as a professor of practice and the first Sims Chair in Competition Law with the objective of expanding the school's work in this important area. Joe Sims and Dave Gelfand will join us on today's program. We'll talk about what led Joe Sims to establish the Sims Chair at Arizona State, the vision Joe and Dave Gelfand share for the law school's antitrust curriculum, why clear balanced thinking regarding antitrust law is so important today, and why antitrust can be a rewarding career path for a young lawyer. Stay with us. You're going to enjoy this conversation. I'm Dave Dalton. You're listening to Jones Day Talks. We're very fortunate to welcome two distinguished figures in antitrust law to today's program. First, David Gelfin. Mr. Gelfin is joining Arizona State University's Sandra Day O'Connor College of Law as Professor of Practice and the Sims Chair in Competition Law and Regulation. And his appointment to that chair and what he hopes to do in that role will be the focus of our conversation today. Mr. Gelfin has more than 30 years experience, both in private practice and as a government lawyer. He was a senior antitrust partner at Cleary, Gutlib, Steen, and Hamilton LLP, one of the country's premier law firms, with a practice spanning merger review, civil litigation, and criminal investigations. From 2013 to 2016, Mr. Gelfin was the Deputy Assistant Attorney General for litigation in the Antitrust Division of the U.S. Department of Justice. In that role, he oversaw antitrust litigation at the Justice Department and was involved in several major regulatory and enforcement matters. And arguably no lawyer in the last 50 years has had more impact on antitrust agencies' relationship with a private bar than Joe Sims. Mr. Sims transformed antitrust practice, becoming the person to see to steer the most contentious mergers through the Federal Trade Commission and the DOJ's antitrust division. Breaking precedent and conventional thinking, and if sometimes overtly contentious, Mr. Sims astutely marshaled evidence and arguments on competitiveness and pioneered the tactic of aggressively taking on regulatory agencies, an approach now considered standard. Throughout his career, Mr. Sims was known for representing major companies in complex, high-visibility transactions that many others thought would not pass antitrust scrutiny. In addition to a substantial caseload, Mr. Sims also built Jones Day's reputation as a go-to firm for handling clients' highest profile and most complex antitrust matters. And he led the expansion of the firm's antitrust practice from the U.S. into Europe, Asia, and Latin America. Mr. Sims was twice named the American Lawyer's Dealmaker of the Year. Joe, Dave, thanks for being here today. Glad to be here. Thank you. What a great conversation we're about to have and what a timely, a meaningful topic. But let's back up a little bit. Joe, tell us how we arrived here. How did we get to this point? Kind of walk us through the process. How did you and your alma mater work together to establish the Sims Chair in Competition Law and Regulation? Well, I was in the first graduating class of the ASU Law School and I have stayed connected with them ever since that time, which was 1970, a half a century ago, which makes it sound like a long time. <laughs> I've made a variety of contributions to them over the years. And once I retired, uh, Dean Sylvester and I started talking about uh, what else I could do to be useful. And eventually I came up with the idea of trying to do something which would help advance the cause of common sense antitrust over the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. Antitrust today is a high 
visibility item. We got a lot of people talking about it. We got legislation pending. We have the president uh, saying that it's an important part of his economic agenda. All of those things are not necessarily normal. In fact, they're actually reasonably rare. And so it seemed to me that this would be an interesting thing to do. And then from there, we just talked about what was the right way to get that done and came up with the notion of endowing a chair. Phenomenal gesture. And many people stay attached to their schools as, as active alumni, which is wonderful. But to take it to this level really says something to how important you believe antitrust law is and how important it is that law students get great instruction and interact with quality faculty that can make sure that this part of the law is nurtured and treated well in the next generation of lawyers. Is that part of the thinking perhaps? It is. And it was kind of a confluence of ideas in part driven by ASU's growing presence in Washington, D.C. because you know, it would be one thing to endow a chair for someone who would be resident in Arizona at the law school proper, and that would have some value, obviously. But from my perspective, having the opportunity to do it with a person who would be mostly resident in Washington, D.C., even though he's teaching and doing all the other things that faculty at a law school do, but he's doing it in Washington, D.C., which is the ground central of antitrust discussion, policy, debates, legislation, enforcement, etc. So the notion that we could have somebody to carry out this idea and have them in Washington, D.C., where the opportunity to make that idea become a reality was greater, given a number of people who were already there doing this kind of work was very attractive to me, and that's what eventually sold the deal. Sure, and we'll talk more to Dave Gelfin in a second about his role, but if we could stay with you for just another minute, Joe, talk about your vision. Are there particular areas you want the program to emphasize as the curriculum develops and evolves? Well, as I said, I, I graduated from law school in 1970, so I practiced in Washington, D.C. for almost a half a century. When I started, it was just the very beginnings of an important role for economic analysis in antitrust, which had historically been very much more of a populist kind of regulatory system. But Don Turner had been the head of the antitrust division just before I got there. He had employed economic analysis effectively for the first time, including issuing the first set of merger guidelines. So that 50-year period saw a very significant change in how antitrust operated. We went from Turner steadily through increasing use of economics as part of the analytical construct of antitrust, helped enormously by Bill Baxter's role in the uh, in heading the antitrust division during the Reagan administration, where Baxter, who had been a longtime advocate of antitrust analysis as the key variable in antitrust policy, employed that uh, very effectively. And over the next 25 or so years, it went all the way through to extremely heavy reliance on uh, econometrics as a base for antitrust analysis. In my view, we got a little too lost in the mathematical weeds 
and forgot some of the basic elements of antitrust, including going back to its populist beginnings. Antitrust has always historically been about telling stories about consumer effects, concentration, uh, market structure, et cetera. And when I eventually retired in 2016, antitrust had become very largely a mathematical exercise. What we're seeing now and what we were starting to see then, but has strengthened in the last few years, is kind of a backlash to that. And I understand that because I was never completely comfortable with, with that direction when I was a practicing lawyer. I'm not a, a mathematical wizard. I'm certainly not an academically inclined guy. I'm more in the storytelling mode. And so as I watched what was happening in the antitrust environment, I started to worry a little bit that we might have a risk of throwing out the baby with the bathwater. I would very much like to broaden the horizons of antitrust and to bring it more into the 21st century in terms of dealing with large technological organizations with significant network effects and the like. But I do not want to go back to the big is bad era of antitrust when there were no methodologies that you could count on. And it was very much more the inclinations of the enforcers and no particularly useful guidance for judges who are the ultimate enforcers of most antitrust. And so it seemed to me that there was a role, a potential role for the guy in the middle, someone who was focused on uh, antitrust enforcement as an important part of economic regulation, who understood and valued the role that economics and econometrics can play in antitrust enforcement, but who also understood that we could not deal with whatever excesses might exist on that side of the ledger with going completely back to the 1950s and 1960s version of antitrust. So the the hope was to be able to find someone who, who shared that vision, at least in part, and who had the ability and experience and energy to try to tell that story and in fact guide the direction of policy development in antitrust. And I think we were fortunate finally after a couple of years to talk Dave Gelfand into doing that. Yeah, Joe, that segues beautifully into the next part of our conversation. I was gonna ask you why Dave Gelfand, who we're about to talk to in a second, is the right person for the job at this time. Do you wanna elaborate on that a little bit? I've known Dave for a long time. As a private practitioner, I dealt with him extensively when he was in the government as a deputy assistant attorney general during the Obama administration. He took an adverse position to one of my important transactions where I thought he was on the wrong side of the issue, but he he did it as he has done everything his entire career, very professionally and with a very sound basis for his uh, decision-making. Antitrust is not an exact science and reasonable people can obviously disagree on the margins. We did there, but that just reinforced my view of Dave as an exceptionally able practitioner and a person with both the intellectual ability and the character that you would want to have hold a position that your name is attached to. So Dave was an early target of mine and the school as we went out looking for people. He actually uh, declined 
the opportunity at one point because he still had work to do at his law firm, but we kept working on him. And finally, he decided that he would sign up with this. And I'm absolutely thrilled that he did. Dave Gelfin, you know, Joe Sims can be very persuasive. And I've won. I'm glad you finally came around. I'm sure the people at Arizona State are also. But Dave, thanks for again for being here today. Dave, why was this something you were interested in at this point in your career? You probably had, I know you had other options. There are other things you could do. Why was this such an attractive opportunity to come to Arizona State, sit in the Sims chair and move this department forward? Well, first of all, you're right. Joe is a very persuasive guy, very persuasive lawyer, but it's much more than that. And before I get into it, I do want to thank Jones Day and thank you for inviting me to this podcast to talk about this program that we're developing at ASU. I couldn't be more excited about it. There are a lot of reasons why I found this opportunity attractive. First of all, Joe is somebody I've known professionally for a long time and who I've put into a very small group of truly excellent and very important antitrust practitioners over the years who I have looked up to and who I've often asked myself, what would Joe do in this situation? I need to also say that I put Mark Letty in that same category. He was my mentor here at Clary Gottlieb, and I've been very blessed to work in an antitrust practice that I just think is absolutely one of the best in the world. And I have uh, colleagues here and have had partners here who have just been terrific to work with. And I've enjoyed every minute of it. I've enjoyed the firm and I've enjoyed the practice. But to have an opportunity to go do something with Joe in a different kind of context and to have it be something as important as what he laid out as his vision which is for Arizona State to actually play a role in thinking about these issues and helping inform the debate around how to make antitrust practical and useful and still meaningful to protect markets. Just because we're defense lawyers for most of our career, we're not reflexively anti-enforcement. We're both very pro-enforcement but we're pro-sensible enforcement and we're pro-predictable enforcement. And I share Joe's concerns that as things develop in antitrust and as new ideas percolate around and as new challenges come along with the tech companies, that people start forgetting the lessons of the past and start reverting to these, I think you said bad old days, Joe, the bad old days of big is bad. Maybe you didn't say that, but that's the way I would think of it. It's close, paraphrasing, I think, yeah. Yeah, and I just think that we need to be thoughtful about this. One of the things that I've always admired about Joe, and I saw this both when I was working with him on the defense side of something, and when I was working against him while I was at the government, is he knows how to take a complicated case and reduce it down to its essence, to explain it in terms that his audience can understand. Too much of antitrust, and this is true, Joe's right, that this has been happening for a long time. And I'm a big fan of economists, by the way. I I like economic work. I like the numbers. I have an economics undergraduate degree. Uh Uh, I enjoy it. But too much of it becomes so hyper-technical and you lose track of the fact that there are real people in these markets and they have to make daily decisions about what their business is going to do 
and they compete in a variety of ways that can't always be captured in numbers. Mm -hmm. I've recently been privileged to represent clients in two different merger trials. T-Mobile Sprint was one of them, and we just got a decision from an administrative law judge yesterday in, in a case involving the company Altria and Juul. And that decision is not public yet. It is public that the decision went in the party's favor. In both of those cases, the judges were far more persuaded by the witness testimony and the good old fashioned evidence that was brought to bear on what's going on in these businesses. Why are they doing what they're doing? What's likely to happen in the future? They were far more persuaded by that than they were by formulas and economists who are very good economists, mm -hmm. but much more persuaded than they were by economists giving their opinions about what was going to happen in these markets. I want to be part of an institution like ASU that wants to play a role in that, and I want to help them do that. But let me make another point, and I know this is part of Joe's mission too. Sure. For me, it's extremely important, as important, if not more so, than the, the main mission that we've already discussed, which is to have a role in the debate. And that is, I want to be a part of training the next generation of leaders in this field. I have been really impressed by the people at ASU whom I've met, who have helped me think about this role, who have helped in the early days think about what we can be doing. And I've been especially impressed by the students. I've had a chance to meet a number of them. I've met them in person out in Phoenix, here in DC, where students come every semester to learn in DC. These are very ambitious, very energetic, super smart students who want to succeed and to the extent those students develop an interest in antitrust, and I hope a number of them do, I want to be part of shaping their careers, helping to train them, designing coursework for them, and introducing them to the DC antitrust bar, where I think they will make a difference and be very successful. Sure. Well, hearing you talk about your objectives for the program, your background, while maybe not unique, is unusual. Government service, private practice, and now moving into academia, that's going to be appealing to students who maybe are interested in this part of the law. Dave Gelfin's been there, but talk about that. What are some of your near-term and maybe longer-term objectives for the program, the curriculum and, and otherwise? Well, thank you for those nice words. I hope it is of value. I do think students want to hear from practitioners and they want to be trained in how to deal with clients, how to deal with adversaries, how to deal with cases. They want to hear about that and they will absorb that and that will help them hit the ground running when they get their uh, first jobs in the law. And by the way, I should make very clear, I am a huge fan of young lawyers going to work at the antitrust agencies, the DOJ and the FTC. I spent three years at the DOJ and I loved every minute of it. And I think it's a great career path for many young lawyers. And older lawyers, too. I actually went relatively late in my career. But my objectives are still in formation. I'm new at this. I actually have a pretty busy docket still at the law firm. I'm a senior counsel at Cleary Gottlieb, and I'm helping some clients, especially on things that were pending at the time I took this position. So I'm still sharing my time between those two roles and actually working harder than ever, which <laughs> is fine. But here are my objectives for the near term and the longer term, as I know them today. In the short term, I want to get organized. I want to talk to as many people as I can and gain as many ideas as I can 
about how to succeed in this kind of role. I want to work with the people at ASU who have been tremendously supportive and understand what they want me to do. I want to start thinking about the first course that I'm going to teach, and I have some ideas about teaching advanced antitrust. I want to talk to the adjunct professors who have taught introduction to antitrust at ASU and get the benefit of their experience and their learning. In our first year, I'm hoping to help develop a public-facing program or two. I have ideas about those that I don't want to share at the moment because they might go nowhere and I don't want to promise something I can't deliver on, but we've got a beautiful building here in DC. It's got beautiful event space that can accommodate a good sized group to come and participate in panels, discussions, video events. I really hope to be able to develop and work with others in the school to do some of that. And I want to start making sure that everybody I know in the antitrust bar is aware that ASU is a force to be reckoned with. We are going to be training some of the best antitrust lawyers in the country. They're going to be entering the job market, and I want people to want to talk to them and think about giving them opportunities to work in the various organizations, firms, agencies, et cetera, that practice in this area. So those are my near-term goals. I'm trying not to be unrealistic in what I can accomplish in the first year, but I do want to accomplish a lot. And I want to feel like a year from now, I can look back and say, okay, we are off to a good start and there's a lot more to do. Longer term, I want ASU to be recognized as a leading institution of thought for antitrust. I want others to join Joe and me and ASU in this venture. I want uh, people to come and guest lecture and teach and join the university as opportunities arise. I want students to feel like they've gotten a great education. I wanna motivate more people to wanna come to DC from ASU and study here. And I wanna continue to develop ways that ASU can have a meaningful impact on the many debates that surround antitrust going forward. Hearing you talk, Dave, it's obvious you're genuinely excited about doing this. What are you looking forward to most? Is it the teaching, the instruction, you know, being on the other side and helping young law students understand? Is it getting out in the community, raising awareness of the program at ASU? What's at the top of your list in terms of, I can't wait? Honestly, I can't wait for all of it, but the thing that excites me the most is teaching law students. Sure. I wouldn't be doing this if it were a pure research job or something like that. Now, that's a very important part of it, and that's why Joe started the program. He wants ASU to have a meaningful role on the antitrust national stage, if not world stage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But at this point in my career, I've been practicing law for 35 years. I love working with young lawyers. I love working with law students. I love passing along whatever knowledge I have that can be of use to them. I always tell them to take it all with a grain of salt. You know, Mm -hmm. they need to get inputs from lots of teachers and lots of practitioners and mentors and things like that, but I want to pass it along. I want to be involved in the life of the university and the law school and the student body and the community. But that's not to diminish this other role that Joe envisions for the program. There's a lot to do. And I'll be honest with you, 
antitrust is going in the direction that everything else in the country is going. It's polarized, mm -hmm. it's extremes, it's getting angrier. People make corporate America into the devil and all the companies need to be broken up and everything's unlawful and we need to start developing these biggest bad rules. I'm very troubled by an increasing tendency among some quarters to try to bring many different interests into antitrust. Antitrust can solve income inequality and the environment and labor issues and everything else. It has a role to play in the country, for sure, along a lot of those lines, but it is not a sort of flexible body of law that whoever happens to be in charge at a given moment can say, oh, let's make antitrust serve the purposes of this cause or that cause. As good as those causes might be, I'm worried about that. At the same time, there are those on the other end of the spectrum who want to say, well, all of this thinking is ridiculous and it just needs to be dismissed out of hand. They make up names for people. It's the hipster antitrust movement, whatever they say. And it's not enough to say, well, antitrust needs to get out of the way and just let markets work the way markets work. There is a middle ground to this, and there is a way to bring people together on this debate and uh, do it in a civilized way and think very carefully about it. And if I can play a small role through ASU and working with Joe and other people who care about enforcement and care about fairness and care about this body of law, if I can play a small role in helping to center that debate and maybe make it a more useful discussion for everybody involved, I will have considered that to be a huge success and I'll be very proud of that. I'm tempted to leave our discussion right there because I think you hit on a lot of great points. I'd actually love at this point to hear some of Joe's reactions to what I've said because for your audience's benefit, we didn't script any of this and we didn't practice any of it. And Joe's probably hearing some of this for the first time. It's very important to, to me to hear how Joe thinks about these things. Yeah, so so please, uh, Joe and I, uh, Dave and I kind of got off on a couple things, but is there anything you'd like to add to what he was talking about in terms of the state of antitrust law today? He talked about, like many things in today's culture, it's become polarized. Anything you'd like to add to some of Dave's remarks? I would just note that he just gave a master class in why he is the right person for the job. We've actually, Dave and I have talked to a variety of people about what we're trying to do and one of the reactions that we have gotten from some of them is, well, gee, the middle ground is kind of hard to make attractive, to make sexy, to make it appear like news. Well, maybe. You just heard Dave lay out why it should be, and I believe will be, sure. a very attractive concept to go out and promote among the various audiences that should be interested in this. The reality is that antitrust enforcement over its more than a century and a quarter of existence in the United States has been extremely important in shaping the economic progress of this country. It hasn't always been applied correctly. It hasn't always been aimed at the right targets. But it has been aimed at the right targets and applied correctly a lot of the time and enough of the time 
that it's made a very positive contribution. Both of us, Dave and I, want that to continue in the future. In a future in which the world is obviously dramatically different from the time of the Industrial Revolution and just after that when the antitrust laws began. I don't have a particular focus other than trying to help Dave in any way that I can develop a space where people who are genuinely interested in trying to do the right thing, in trying to deal with real problems and do it in a way which doesn't cause unanticipated negative consequences, to do it in a way which is explainable to a non-expert and which, by the way, virtually every federal judge who hears antitrust cases is, because very few of them are experts in antitrust, and not only explainable, but explainable in a way that can persuade them that this is the right approach. If we can move in that direction and provide a forum for other people who think that's important to come together and try to advance these concepts, then we'll have made a real contribution. And I will be very, very proud of having played a small role in it. I'm sure your role will be not small, Joe, but let's close with this, if we will. And you and Dave both touched on this. I'll go to Dave first and back to Joe. Why should a young lawyer with options and opportunities and some flexibility, why should he or she consider a career in antitrust law? What makes this a great area of the law to get into? Let's go to Dave first, then we'll wrap with Joe. I could probably spend a couple of hours listing <laughs> yeah. the many reasons why I enjoy antitrust. I do want to say at the outset, though, it's not for everybody. I don't believe in trying to convince people that they should want to do it if they have interests elsewhere in the law. But I do like to explain to people what it is I find very appealing about it. And sometimes that aligns with their interests. I'll give you four or five points. I have many others. First of all, it's just very interesting to deal with the problems that companies have around how to decide what they should produce, where they should innovate, how they should price their products, how they should target customers, and broadly how they compete with each other. I sometimes tell people I don't even practice law some days. I just practice industrial understanding, if you will, developing the facts. What makes this company tick? What makes that company tick? And I don't find that all interesting just because I have an economics undergrad degree. I think people can go into antitrust and have no economics background, although it clearly gives you a leg up. But I find it interesting because it impacts everything we do in our daily lives. My family often laughs about the fact that for many years and still, if we're going out on for dinner or we're traveling or we're seeing something, I often will point out products and I'll say, well, it's really interesting how that's made. I've been to a plant that makes that. Or, you know, you have any idea how this product gets sold? It's kind of fascinating, the model that the companies use to compete against each other. I like that. I enjoy it. The field itself is very important to companies who have antitrust issues. M&A, mergers and acquisitions, are a big part of what drives antitrust work. The agencies are going to look at deals that have antitrust issues. And planning for that and thinking about that is a very important part of what companies need to do when they're doing M&A transactions. Sometimes the litigations can be very impactful, involve very large sums of money. 
So you get the attention of very senior people in the companies. Antitrust lawyers often talk to general counsels and CEOs and chief marketing officers and directors. And we hear what they're interested in and why they're doing what they're doing. And we advise them about the risks. And we try to help translate a fairly complicated body of law into the usable advice that the business can take into consideration. So I like that part of it. Antitrust covers a lot of different things that you think of when you think of practicing law. There's administrative work with the agencies. There's litigation, you're in federal court. There's criminal investigations as well as civil investigations. There's this M&A dimension that I mentioned. We're often consulted on antitrust risk allocation in M&A agreements. There is a global dimension to it. Lots of deals and lots of investigations are global. Our law firm, like Joe's, move lawyers around to other offices, other countries. And a lot of that is driven by antitrust work in different places, at least in our case. Uh, and finally, I'll just say that I find the antitrust bar, generally speaking, to be a very good group of people. Smart people, I mean, lots of lawyers are smart in all fields, obviously, but they think hard about their matters. They work hard. They get along with each other for the most part. There's some dust-ups from time to time, especially when you're on the other side of the table from somebody. Sure. But it's business and it's very thoughtful and you meet a lot of people in the bar because anytime you do a deal, you've got counsel on the other side. Anytime you're working on litigation with a joint defense group, you're working with other lawyers. And uh, for those of us who have been lucky enough to spend time in government and be on the other side of the table from the private bar and then also spend time in the private bar and see it from that perspective, you, you really get to know people on all sides and understand what motivates them and what they care about and that sort of thing. So there's just a whole variety of reasons why I love antitrust. And I'd be happy if any of your listeners want to hear more and want to hear the other things on my list, if they want to reach out or email, I'd be happy to talk to people about it. Terrific. Great overview though, Dave. Joe, what would you add to Dave's comments in terms of why this might be a, a good career path for some lawyers, antitrust law? He did a, a great job of laying out a lot of the very positive attributes of the practice. I became an antitrust lawyer almost by accident because I took an antitrust class in uh, law school and did well in it. And then I took another one and ended up leaving law school and going to work in the antitrust division as my first job. So it was not a lifelong ambition of mine, but I it appealed to me and I found it continually interesting for a very long time for all the reasons that Dave laid out. You know, I come at it from a slightly different perspective than Dave. I don't have an economics background. I actually don't really care for the economic and didn't care for the economic part of the work. What really appealed to me was the interaction with people and the storytelling. Because antitrust, no matter who the enforcement agencies are and in what circumstance you're involved, antitrust laws are extremely flexible. They are intended to be vague and ambiguous to a certain extent because they have to take into account an almost infinite variety of fact situations, product types, distribution systems, courses of conduct, uh, geographic effects, etc. 
And so there is an enormous amount of room for pulling all these pieces of data together and telling a persuasive story about why, if you're an enforcer, this is an antitrust problem, or if you're a plaintiff in a private case, this is an antitrust problem, or if you're on the defense side, this is not an antitrust problem. And my experience has been over the many decades that I've done this, that the people who are able to do that the best, to tell the story in the most persuasive way, backed up by data and evidence, uh, are the people who most often prevail. Now, if I was a young lawyer thinking about what area of the law that, that I was going to focus on, to me, at least, that would sound like a very attractive place because you have a lot of room for individual creativity and, uh, and effort. You are not locked into a very strict uh, set of rules or legal principles or regulations. There's, uh, there's considerable room for explanation and maneuvering. And to me, that's what made being a lawyer fun. So I would encourage people who find that approach interesting to think seriously about antitrust, which is going to continue to be one of the most important parts of the economic regulatory framework of this country for a very long time. Joe, you made your case very well, as did Dave, and I'm not surprised by either of you. Hey, thank you so much for your time today. This was one of those rare win-win-win situations. Arizona State wins. Dave Gelfin wins, the law school wins, Joe Sims wins. Just a wonderful situation. So honored to be part of, of this rollout, this announcement, if you will. And you were both terrific. So thanks so much for your time today. And I hope we talk to you both very soon. But thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks again. Make sure you visit our insights page for more podcasts, videos, publications, newsletters, blogs, and other topical information. Subscribe to Jones Day Talks at Apple Podcasts and at other podcast platforms. Jones Day Talks is produced by Tom Condolis. I'm Dave Dalton. Thank you as always for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Jones Day Talks. Comments heard on Jones Day Talks should not be construed as legal advice regarding any specific facts or circumstances. The opinions expressed on Jones Day Talks are those of lawyers appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect those of the firm. For more information, please visit jonesday.com.